Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning, everybody, and welcome on in. Let us get into some fights. Tobin here with you. We're going to dive all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. Let's do it to it. Last night, UFC 258. You had Kamaru Usman taking on Gilbert Burns for the welterweight championship of the world as the two former teammates taking each other on. Big drama between them both. Uh, a little bit more spice than we thought it was uh, than we thought it was going to be. All the friendliness. Honestly, it was funny seeing the two teammates going at each other. There was more spice between that. Really, there wasn't all the uh, the Conor McGregor Dustin Poirier brouhaha that you had that week with her hugging smiling you know dad's now growing up hot sauce being exchanged this added like some real intensity we have both on uh this week we had the chance to speak with gilbert and, and gilbert definitely um you know liked the fact getting a chance to speak to him like the fact that he got the extra time to prep for this and um you know the fact that he wasn't going to step in on short notice but i told you when the in the lead up to this fight like i did think that if that was going to favor anybody, I thought that was going to far uh, that was going to favor Usman. I, I really, I thought that you know all of the camp stuff is going to have more separation. There's going to be more time to settle in, and I thought that you saw that bear out. I thought you saw more time with Trevor Whitman. I thought they executed the game plan pretty much to perfection, outside of uh, some some craziness in the first round where. You know, he took a, a, a big right hand that sat him down and, and it was off and running right away. Um, you know, really, it, it's been interesting seeing these fights with Kamara because you've had, uh, you know, now two fights against guys who are dangerous on the ground, you know, dangerous to, to engage with uh, from a standpoint of, you know, the Colby fight. Both of them are great wrestlers. It was pretty much a stand and bang fight for five, uh, for five rounds until Kamara busted up his face and broke his jaw. And then the same with the, and the same with this fight, you know, he wasn't going to go to the ground and, and, and get caught in anything dumb from Gilbert Burns. And so it was pretty much a stand-up fight and it was exciting. Um, Kamara looked really, really good. That jab was absolutely, was, was so strong and you could tell that it was bothering Gilbert busting up his nose pretty quickly. Um, was sit, sat him down a couple times with it where he was switching stances and, and, and putting his strong hand in front. Uh, so it sat Gilbert down. It was, it was really, really uh, a great game plan. And then the, the whole fight really changed in the second round where he hit him with the, it was pretty much just one twos the whole way from Kamal. So he hits him with just a, a vicious, vicious straight right down the pipe really hurts Gilbert Burns and it, it really shifted everything from there. Gilbert didn't have um didn't really have an offensive attack from there. 
went once the round ended there we went to the third round came on out and it was just a matter of time sat him down with a jab and then some ground and pound herb dean was um on the money with the stoppage it seemed like you know he really even gave gilbert i think a little bit of wiggle room there um he tried to make something happen kamara put a stop to that and that's all she wrote man his third title defense um he is now uh he's now got more wins in a row than anybody ever at welterweight and uh, is just building a tremendous resume the guy is an absolute monster um, and I said this after the, the, the Jorge Masvidal fight and a lot of people down here, you know, who, who ride with George and I, I ride with Jorge Masvidal too. I'm a, you know, you know, I love street Jesus and, and, and what he brings to the cage and his journey has been incredible, but you know, I, I did think that, yeah, even though it was on six days notice and that's that the skills still, uh, bared out that Kamal was able to go find a way to really take out any danger that George was able to go get. And, um, was still a great performance. The the Colby one was just absolutely great. A, a great fight between them both, two rivals, and he came out on top. And his his championship win against Tyron Willie was absolutely sensational. And he really is in this spot right now as welterweight champion, where you don't know what's really left for him because we'll get into his call out in just a second of Jorge Masvidal which was a great, you know, I think is a great move by him. He knows that it did great business last time. I think that he's already built in the storyline that George has been talking, talking, talking. And it was funny going into the show last night, like I'm writing up notes and I'm trying to think about, you know, the painting, the picture of the welterweight division. Where does he go from here? Because we got news this week of Leon Edwards and and, and Hamza Chemaev getting, uh, getting axed again. And now Dana seems like he was going to go with Colby and Leon. On short notice, I'm like, well, where the hell is George? Where the hell is is Masvidal? And, you know, Dana's looking at that Leon Edwards, Colby Covington fight as a number one contender. But I kind of think that, look, Kamara Usman has done enough to call his own shot and, and go amongst these people he has rematches with. Uh, because he's taken out everybody in the division, I kind of think the champ should get to call his shot on this one. And so if he wants Masvidal, he should get Masvidal. I mean, uh, that's that. it's as simple as that. You know, the funny thing was, I, I'll tell you one thing that was interesting about tonight, and and Joe Rogan uh, messed up on this a couple times. I'm not trying to bag on Joe Rogan because I know a lot of people do that. E easy, easy pickings. But he said a couple times tonight that Kamaru Usman is, if he retired, he said before the night, if, if he retired right now, he retires one of the best welterweight champions of all time which that statement is true, if not the best, that statement is not true because the best welterweight champion of all time is George St. Pierre. Now, you get another win like this and resumes start to stack up and you see he's at three title wins. George, he of course has that number of, uh, that number of 12, but he ended it again where like, you know, Kamaru almost scared him into it where he's like, put some respect to my effing name. Um, and he's like, I don't think anybody's not putting respect on your name, uh, Kamal. I think that you're one of the best, if not the best. And I'm like, well, no, he's not. If the best, he's one of the best. We could put him definitely up there. I think we could, you know, you could start putting arguments that has he passed Tyron Woodley. Tyron Woodley had a had a bumpy, you know, title reign. Like he had this sensational moment of winning the championship from Robbie Lawler, but it's it felt like the rest of his time he spent defending how good he was 
but the championship fights were never that exciting. Well, Kamaro is dealing with a lot of kind of the opposite. And I found it interesting that like Tyron Woodley came out this week and he said that the UFC was pushing Usman too hard. You know, they can't just make it, make us like him, which is a funny thing because this is coming from a guy who was always willing to tell any microphone that I don't get enough respect or push from the UFC, you know, give me a little bit of a uh, love. And so they're trying to do that with Usman and, and, and put him right. And they're giving him a ton of media this week. And, you know, all of that type of stuff, all that type of support. Um, but Usman's actually coming through with really exciting championship performances really is, um, you know, between the way he won the title from Woodley between the way he beat his, his blood feud rival in Colby Covington between the way he just beat his, uh, compadre there and, and Gilbert Burns and the way that, you know, he beat Hori Masvidal on six days notice. Like this guy is coming through with some really, really captivating stuff. And now is, is trying to rekindle the flame of, of another Jorge Masvidal fight. Um, I think he's worth all the push in the world, man. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know what it's going to take for people to put Kamaru in that, in that statement of, uh, of, of, you know, a star, if you will, because, I think that I I really just think he's he's got the whole package, man. He really really does. He's not your run of the mill, you know, wrestler who tries to run and hide. And you know, people will come at me with the uh, the Hori Masvidal fight, and that's fine. But that's not every fight. Like you can't, you know, like with 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 Woodley, like that was happening like with every fight, like with the Maya fight, with the Wonder Boy fights. That was happening in every one of his title fights, and they were boring. They were boring outside of like a, a couple of seconds. So I, I just think that Usman just had a better reign than him. I think, I think that is definitely arguable. Has he passed Tyron Woodley? Because, you know, there's not too many arguments of who the guys are. The guys either it's George and then it was Woodley. Now it's Kamaru. Um, and I think that Usman definitely has the argument. Plus he has a win over him. Um, and really kind of sent Woodley into, uh, into a tailspin, really, for the rest of his career. So I, I just think that the only question I have my roundabout way of getting into this is we keep hearing about George wanting to come back and fight Habib. And that was the fight to make for the longest. Let's do GSP versus Nurmagomedov GSP versus Nurmagomedov. But why isn't there more push to get GSP out of retirement to fight Usman? Why not? I mean, tell me why, like that is, you have an ultimate chance here to have the goat come back and fight a guy who is in his prime. He's 33 years old. You know, by the time you probably did that fight, because I imagine they'll probably do, you know, Masvidal in the summer. But, you know, he's beaten him once. Say he beats him again. Why couldn't we, by the end of the year, see GSP come out and fight uh, Jorge Masvidal? Like, there's been all this talk about him fighting a guy who's 155 pounds and, and catch weights and all this stuff. This is the division he was the best at. And he's definitely not closed the chapter on fighting. Um, there's no itch from, from GSP to maybe want to come back and, and, and see if he could beat Kamar Usman. I think it'd be a fantastic fight. Um, I, I, I just, it, it was interesting to me. Like, we, we've done all this chasing between, oh, GSP, the only fight that'll get GSP to come back is Habib. Well, you have a guy who now you have the voice of your promotion, Joe Rogan, 
is actually laying claim that Kamar Usman might be better at this division than GSP. He said it twice tonight. He said it twice. Um, I don't agree with it. I still think GSP gets to have the status of it, but there's really no reason we can't have an answer to it. There's really not. I mean, if I were to tell you today, uh, you, you know, you could have GSP versus Khabib or GSP versus Kamaru. I think him versus Kamaru is a better fight. I think it is. I think it's more interesting. I think it's got, it's got more on the line. Um, it's a little less wacky and I think it's also something that could really do some big things for Kamara if he were to get the win. Really could um, uplift him. But, you know, George is a guy who's, who's very um, protective of that legacy. So I don't know if he'll take it. But I just find it interesting that we've gone all this time trying to get him out of retirement to fight a guy who's 155 pounds when he steps onto the scales before fight night. Why not try and get him out of retirement to fight a guy who's reigning over the division that he was best at for years upon years, eras upon eras. And, you know, left, came back, won another belt. But uh, I, don't, I don't understand why the time wouldn't be right for that. He said he didn't like that that whole 185 division anyway. Um, that was my immediate thought. Now, as far as the uh, couple things, you know, I want to get to. So him versus Gilbert, some more fallout from that. Gilbert, look, Gilbert on, on, this, uh, on this night... Uh, I thought that Gilbert would have been better off and it's not his fault. It's just, it, you know, it COVID got him. So he, he got, he, he was, uh, he was ousted from this matchup, but I, I thought that Gilbert would have been better off if this fight was on short nose. I thought he was riding like a rocket ship. There was a lot of awkwardness that they self admittedly were going through. Uh, it was maybe wasn't as settled in, in Colorado at that point. I just think that if he was going to get him, he was going to get him when he was, was riding hot, like the way he was. And he almost had his moment. Uh, and, and as Usman said in the post-fight interview, that's uh, that's how a lot of their sparring sessions went. Um, you know, I, I do think, and I saw this on the scale yesterday. I did think that, like, damn, like it just did look like Kamara was was uh, was a lot stronger than him uh, when he hit, even though he had some swift hands and hit him with with a big shot. Um, you know, he started dropping him with jabs, so. I think there was a big size discrepancy there. You saw that. What was it? A five, five inch reach advantage. You know, that's a tough thing for, for anybody to get around in, in any kind of fight. Um, especially, you know, so I, I think for Gilbert, I was, I was just watching him in that first round. I thought he won the first round basically just because of the withdrawing him. Uh, I know that the, the numbers were a little bit skewed because he was trying to lure Kamaru down and, and get him into the, uh, you know, see if he can lure him down to the ground. Um, but I thought that he won the round because of, you know, you drop somebody like that. I think it, they got to do a lot to erase that. So they were one, one after it, but I, I really, it, everybody felt like after that second round with the big shot that he took, cause they were saying this on the broadcast saying, well, with everything that, that Gilbert was hitting him with, it looked like it was having a little bit more impact. Not after he hit and not after Kamala dropped Gilbert. It was, it was kaput after that. It, it, there was nothing left. So for him, you know, I, I still think that he has, you know, I, another run to, to get back there. I think he can get back there for sure. I think that that's possible for him. Um, you know, he's just scratching the surface. I think there's some fun matchups there. Hell, if I were him, I would talk about going to fight Leon Edwards on short notice. I don't know what kind of a turnaround he wants to do, but if, you know, some people do short ones, maybe he wants to go do a short turnaround. Um, 
you know, but but Gilbert, I think, is gonna be back, man. You know, he's 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 got he's got uh he's got some really, really good skills. He's really well rounded. I, I thought that it was interesting in the whole lead up because I, I really do think there was a lot more hostility in the lead up than was let on. Um and I don't think this was so much Kamara versus Gilbert. I think this was probably uh, Kamara versus, you know, the Henry Hooft crew, the the Sanford MMA, you know, the, the traveling Black Zillion crew that's gone from all over the place in, in South Florida. But let's just call it Sanford MMA right now. I think there was more hostility there with the coaches kind of gassing Gilbert up, saying that he's the guy, saying he's he's capable of beating him. And, you know, that that, that Kamara was maybe having a wandering eye elsewhere so that there was some loyalty fray there, you know, from, from Usman's standpoint, it's like, really, you know, you're, you're, you're telling this guy he could beat me. Um, you know, you you guys are kind of going uh, rats off a ship on that. It's a, it's a little, it's a little, uh, reminiscent of the team alpha male split split where TJ Dillashaw started, you know, venturing off to get a little bit more seasoning and, you know, be, you know, Ryan Faber didn't like that. And he was beefing. Then all of a sudden that trickles down to him and Cody Garbrandt beefing. And so, you're kind of holding the torch for people who aren't you, but what are you supposed to say? You're supposed to not have the back of your coaches in a team. And that relationship, it's so strong down here. It really is. And you can see it after the fight, how much those guys mean to each other. It is so strong because they have, this is not even like American top team where those guys have all been kind of at one location. You're in the big gym. The gym gets, gets bigger and bigger and bigger. No, you're talking about, you know, uh, this gym that's, was black zillions. The owner dies. They have to go to combat club in Lantana that lasts for like three. Then they go to hard knocks, three sixty five, And then they go to, you know, Deerfield beach. Like they're, they're literally like, all right, coach, where are we train? Where are we train today? And they could have probably, I'm sure plenty of them could have gone and jumped ship to ATT. Uh, but you know, we all know the, 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 the crosstown rivalry and whatnot. So, you know, I think a lot of that stuff runs deep. And I do think that you saw uh, the intensity that Kamara was harboring on that stuff. Um, if you heard our interview with him this week, that he knew that a lot of coaches were talking uh, ill of him at, at, at leading up to this fight. Um, or, you know, to the point where he felt disrespect because they were talking Gilbert up so much. But I still think that the 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 level of love those guys have is very, very real. Um, so... We'll take a quick break. We'll get into a little bit more of the news and the notes from the week and also Kamara's call out of Jorge Masvidal. Who can take this guy down? You know, if it's not GSP, if they can't lure GSP out of retirement, who can take out Kamara Usman in the welterweight division? We'll dive into a little bit of that next. All right, welcome back, everybody. Tobin's Fight Show here on 7-9 to the ticket. We continue on a little bit of recap at UFC 258. Fun card, fun card. There's a lot of good scraps, a lot of fights that were... Um, it was a it was a night that was full of uh, action that really like you can never uh, never count anybody out. Um, we saw some we saw some really really fun endings. Julian Marquez his win over Maki Patolo uh, was absolutely awesome because it, first of all it was a fun fight. It was it was you know it had standing it had tra- uh, transitions on the ground it had it had a little bit of everything, um, and he rallies to win, you know he rallies to win in the, in the last round chokes out Maki Patolo, who probably had that fight in the bag is, is his, his coaches are saying, Hey bro, take it easy. 
Take it easy, man. And instead, you know, kind of got caught in the firefight and got caught, which is, uh, you know, you think to that to that main event where Gilbert was inviting Kamara down. He's like, nah, play. I'm not I'm not I'm not getting into that game. Um, so you had that and then you had uh, this this awesome, awesome win by Anthony Hernandez over Rodolfo Rivera uh, Vieira to start off uh, to, to, to cap off the prelims where. Uh, Vieira was like, a he-, he was a heavy favorite going into this, you know, monster submission artist, world champion, um, odds completely stacked in his favor, looked gassed after Anthony Hernandez cracked him and not only looked like he could put him away a couple times with strikes, but then ends up getting the guillotine on him and submits him. So an extra feather in his cabin. They said that the odds were like. They were crazy at that point. If you would have had that, uh, uh, if anybody would have had that ticket, I don't know who would have. But uh, that was a really good show. And Alexa Grasso versus Macy Barber was a fun fight, too, in the co-main event. Grasso showed a lot of versatility. We got to see a little bit more of her ground game. But um, Macy Barber did come come swinging strong in that in that last round to, uh, to really try and rally. Um, Macy's a fun fighter. I know she's put a lot of pressure on herself with the... Uh, wants to be the youngest champion. So she's taken a couple losses in a row. So that's unfortunate for her, but you know, this is a fight. This is a game. You know, there's just so few John Joneses out there who are champ at that age. It really is such a, such a rare feat to hit that. And you know, for her, I, I still think there's a lot of, uh, there's still a lot of growing that can do, but you could just tell she has got the, the heart of the line and swings, but man, Grasso looks like she's hitting another level. She really, really does. So, Fun fight between them. Uh, you had the Bruce Buffer 25-year montage. That was pretty cool. He was crying. A little bit awkward to see Bruce Buffer crying in a giant suit. Um, Kelvin Gaslam snapped his win streak over Ian Heinish. He got himself a, uh, a decision, unanimous decision. A lot of wrestling from Kelvin. We saw him uh, give give Heinish a little bit of taste of his own medicine. And good for Kelvin to go snap the win. It's a guy that uh, that's kind of was his calling card coming into this thing, but... Um, you know, has also been in uh, in a lot of firefights and then knocked a lot of dudes out and knocked a lot of dudes down. And so, uh, he went and got it the old fashioned way, grinded out the win and got his first, uh, his first win in three tries, three, four tries. Hell, snapped a, snapped a three game win streak, three fight losing streak to get that one. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was a fun fight, fun night with a lot of action. I wouldn't say like there was any like, you know, you know, fight of the year candidates on there, but you know, for everybody kind of dog in the card, uh, coming into that maybe wasn't pay-per-view worthy. You definitely got your money's worth. And I think for those who, uh, you know, and for all the blows that it suffered, don't forget this lost, it lost Bobby green, Bobby green passed out, uh, and his, uh, after his weigh-in. So he wasn't able to fight Pedro Munoz versus Jimmy Rivera was off because of COVID, then they announced today Jillian Robertson and Miranda Maverick was off because Jillian had an had a uh, had an illness that was non-COVID related, so they took a lot of hits too. Um, if you if you want to give them the pass in that regard, but uh, getting into it, the uh, yeah the real star of this all tonight was still Kamara Usman for me, even with the uh, the great comebacks that we saw. Um, you like seeing stuff like that. You like seeing guys who there there are two things that are fun in, in my mind in. in uh, and mixed martial arts. Two of my favorite things are I love seeing the rise of a champion. I love seeing um, 
you know, guys roll through the challenges, you see them grow, you see them get to the mountaintop. Those are always cool. But I also do like seeing, um, I like seeing champions when they, when they come up with new ways to win, when they get better, when they unravel, when they unwrap a new toy, almost, they show you a new tool, a new element. That's always fun to me. I thought that was always a cool thing with John Jones. When John Jones would go beat guys, you know, you'd see maybe another element, you know, now in that second half of it, we started seeing John, he was kind of, I don't want to say going through the motions because he was still in really, really hard fights, but I don't think that we saw new wrinkles to the John Jones game. But it's always fun seeing guys like Kamara who you can see the greatness, but you all and and what got them there. But they're still fine tuning that can go there and can make them a lot better. Uh, as far as this call out, you know, I, I do think that him versus Masvidal will happen again. First of all, it did it did great money? I mean, it did. I think one point. I don't know if it's one point six or one point six or one point one point three, but it did over a million pay per view guys. And there's not many people right now who can do that that are not named conor mcgregor two these guys do have a, a genuine bad blood between them obviously even in the countdown they showed the radio.com uh the radio.com radio.com rewind everybody they did show you the uh the radio row ruckus um and it should have happened this way the right way anyway you know usman will call it an excuse and that's fine he won let him call it an excuse good let him call it an excuse let Masvidal use it as an excuse. It's a fun fight. And if you're going to look at it and you're going to say, all right, where do we go here? Do we go Leon Edwards? All right, well, Leon, nobody, nobody's seen him fighting forever. And that's not all on him. He's had some bad luck, but it is what it is. Nobody's seen him fighting forever. Colby, um, I don't know if that can get any hotter than it was. And Kamara broke his jaw. You know, like he, 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 Ended that about as sweetly as you could. At least with Masvidal, yeah, you can't. It has a narrative written into it already. It went the distance. Uh, Camaro uh, didn't finish him. George only had six days notice. He had to cut a lot of weight. Um, it, and it, it, it should have. And the other thing is, it should have happened on regular terms. It shouldn't have been. You know, it shouldn't have taken the UFC six, uh, you know, up until six days and co and Gilbert Burns getting coronavirus to give Jorge Masvidal what he wanted, which was a, a bigger share of the pay-per-view. It shouldn't have taken that to, uh, to make that fight happen. And he ended up, by the way, being right because it did huge business. So I do think that Kamaru's earned a couple things. One... He's earned to fight whoever he wants to next within reason. And if you're if your options here are all, all right, come on, do you want the guy whose jaw you broke, the guy who you beat, you know, four years ago that nobody really knows, or do you want to beat the guy who is the biggest payday, you know, and we you didn't finish him, we got some narrative, you got some beef, and, he, and listen, you beat him already. Like if Kamara, I think I feel like it's an obvious choice. I don't really even think it's close, to be honest with you. If you're Kamara Usman. And then if you're Jorge, um, you know, you, you just, you're Willy Wonka right now. You just got the golden ticket back because, you know, he wanted to run this bag in the first place. He's bided his time. He hasn't agreed to anything. We haven't heard anything from him that wasn't, you know, damn election related. Uh, we haven't heard anything fight wise related to him in a while. Um, 
so he's bided his time. He's kind of sat idly by, and, and now the opportunity presents itself. He doesn't really have to take another fight. What For what? You know, does he have to? He's like, you could say, oh, well, you have to go by Colby. It's like, all right, well, the president just said he's fighting, uh, he's fighting Leon. Leon versus Colby, and then they can fight the winner in the winter. You know? Seems like it works out uh, swimmingly for me. Um, you know, as far as that matchup, does the six days notice make a difference? <sighs> I, I don't know, man. Look, I love I love Masvidal. I love him. Um, as far as, as a fighter, I love his story. Um, his resurgence in this part of his career has been awesome. I just think that that Kamara Usman right now just seems like he's getting better and better. Um, and I do think that he's just got some default tools that, yeah, if he were to get in danger, uh, I don't think he's going to stand there and trade with, uh, with, with Jorge. And I don't think that he has the worry that he's going to get tapped like he would against a, a, a world champion jujitsu black belt artist, like, uh, like Gilbert Burns. Um, you know, maybe George, I'm not saying Jorge couldn't catch him in something. Maybe he does, but I don't think that you're going to have that unwillingness from Kamaro to go to the ground. Uh, or I would have to hope that he gets uh, a, more opportunity, um, you know, to get his strength up, you know, that that is a, a big part of his training that he can keep Kamara off of him a little bit more to present those, those opportunities. Look, Kamara's hittable. Um, he's not easy to hurt, but he's hittable. We've seen Colby hit him. We've seen Gilbert hit him. We've seen George hit him. You can get to that chin. But you really do need to unload with him something, something hellacious. You know, maybe Hori has to hit one of those flying knees like he did on Ben Askren. To really get this, he has to come up with something. It feels like against Kamara right now, you really do have to pull a rabbit out of the hat because over a five-round fight, that's a tough ass to go beat that guy. It really is. Like, if you told me, hey, it's going to go a decision, I would say... Yeah, I would say 99 times out of 100, I'm probably betting that Kamaru Usman's coming out of that on top. Um, but, you know, if you told me uh, if if those guys fought 100 times, you know, could George come up with some crazy finish? One out of five? Maybe. One out of ten? Maybe. I think he could. You know, he's he definitely has been in a different mindset to go get those types of wins. Um you know, but maybe you look at a guy like, uh, like maybe you look at what Kamara was and how he is still getting better and still getting better. Um, you know, maybe he, maybe he, maybe he feels a little froggy and to stay in the pocket a little bit more, and 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 Masvidal will have those opportunities, or maybe he's just gonna game you into that and push you up against the cage and toe stomp you and you know, wear you out, put you on the ground, hit you in the face. And win a decision, you know, it's, who knows, who knows, but, um, I, 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 I see no reason after the champ decides I want that fight, why he doesn't, why he shouldn't get that fight. It absolutely should be the fight that, uh, that he gets, uh, in the aftermath of that. So that's that as far as, uh, I'm trying to think that I miss anything else. Handy dandy, uh, notes from last night Bilal Muhammad big win over Diego Lima he was very much expected to win that Ricky Simone beat Brian Kelleher um looked great cut him open early lopsided decision yeah it's kind of it's kind of it ladies and gentlemen as far as last night was concerned so 
as far as the news of the week, we'll get to some of that coming on up and uh, what to expect from the UFC. A lot of uh, a lot of things happening as far as news and notes is concerned from that standpoint. So we'll get to some of that and be back right after this. Welcome back, everybody. Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. So news and notes from the week. A lot of stuff happening in the UFC during a fight week. We got a lot of nuggets. We had a lot of uh, gems to get to. Uh, as far as the lightweight division is concerned, some big news there. So Dana White seems like he is honing in on Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor. That seems to be the direction they are going in. That you can expect it sometime in the summer. We could assume if Conor McGregor's fighting, they want to do that uh, international fight week. So let's expect Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier in, say, July. Those guys will fight each other for for all the marbles in the trilogy. Um, The big question is going to be, okay, will it be for the championship? Now, Dana White revealed again this week he is going to meet soon with Khabib Nurmagomedov that they will once again square off. He is not stripping... Khabib, uh, he is going to keep him champ for now and see if he can convince him again. Now, Dana went this week and he's like, you can't tell me he wouldn't want that Connor fight again. Okay, that's where we're at right now. He's still holding out hope. Connor can get the win over Dustin and maybe he can make the Khabib fight happen. Here's what I would say, though. Here's what I would say. One, nobody has told you more times he's not coming back than Khabib Nurmagomedov. I don't feel like anybody's been more clear on retirement in the history of fighting. Normally, I'm flimsy on all this stuff. Feels like he's been pretty firm on it. He even came out this week, and he feels like Dustin Poirier should be champion. The champion is telling you somebody else should be champion. Like, if you couldn't get a clearer image that, hey, I I think I'm done for right now with the fighting thing, Dana. The champion is even telling you who should be champion. A guy he beat. And... All I'm saying is, look, do what you want with Habib Nurmagomedov. Has, have as many dinners at the Olive Garden with him as you please. Um, but if you're going to have Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor fight with the hopes, obviously, if you're Dana White, that McGregor wins. He clearly wants that to be the outcome. You have to put a belt on the line. You have to. Call it interim, call it vacant, call it undisputed, call it disputed. Make it for the disputed heavyweight championship, uh, disputed lightweight championship of the world. Whatever it is, the fight's got to be for a belt, okay? Because there can't be a Dustin Poirier combat sporting event in under the UFC banner that is not for a UFC championship in his next bout. It can't be. Can't be. Um... I wish that he would, you know, put it to the point where he could. I wish he would be this, uh, this graceful in trying to get Dustin the Khabib fight again. You know, that's that doesn't seem. I haven't heard that mentioned once. Why doesn't Dustin get another crack at Khabib? Connor's the only guy who gets another crack at him. That's it. That's all we're doing. He's the only guy who gets rematches. We just saw what happened with Dustin get a rematch. He flipped it on its head. Um, but either way, you know, this idea that. Uh, Connor shouldn't fight for the belt next. Why? Um, you're not going to like it. First of all, we've seen guys come off of losses and get to fight for championships. We've seen guys lose to guys recently and get another crack. We've seen it a plenty in a trilogy fight where guys are one, one on knockouts. 
even if they were in different divisions at the time. There's not a good enough. Your reason to me can't be, wow, we're really screwing over Charles Oliveira here. Can't be. It can't be. And I like Charles Oliveira, and that's great. And and he's on a good run right now. But why is Charles Oliveira getting treated with uh with with such grace and such uh you know such such care, such consideration? And Leon Edwards has to go fight uh fight a, a guy not even in the top 15 to, to prove he's even worthy to fight for the championship. Explain it to me. Like, these rules are all stupid. They're all willing to... Like, you can have good reasons and you can have passion for them and you can even make good points. But at the end of the day, you're just making them up case by case. And you can't tell me there's a reason why Yoel Romero can fight three straight times off of title. And I love Yoel Romero. You can't tell me there's a good reason why he can fight off of losses or missing weight or any of these reasons. And Conor McGregor can't, you know, it's, it's just silly. You're just, you, you know, and, and so I, I, especially if the argument is, oh, well, Charles Oliveira is really getting screwed. Really? You, you really, you guys, cause he beat Tony Ferguson off of a, off of Tony Ferguson, taking the most, uh, the, the most hellacious beating of his life. Now, all of a sudden we're all Charles Oliveira fans. And I look, I hope Charles Oliveira gets his title shot eventually. Um, is it at the expense of Michael Chandler? I love Michael Chandler. I've been wanting Michael Chandler in the UFC forever. But <coughs> if you're telling me that Michael Chandler has to wait a few more months for his UFC championship because Connor got another crack at it, okay, that's fine. Because, okay, what's the worst consequence that's going to happen here? Connor's the champion? Oh, oh, that's bad for business? That's bad for anybody? Any one of these contenders? So let me get this straight. Any one of these contenders isn't going to like red panty night with a little gold on the side. That's that, that that's, that's going to be, that's too unbecoming for them. No, 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 no. Let's be real about it. If any of those guys got offered the Conor McGregor fight and oh, by the way, it's for a title, they'd all take it in a heartbeat. Okay. If any of them were in Dustin Poirier's position, Poirier got, let me, I'll put it to you like this. If Charles Oliveira got called up today and said, and they were like, you know, give me a ring. Uh, hey, hey, Charles, what's up, bro? It's Dana White. Hey, uh, Poirier got the Rona. Can't make it. Guess what? You're next up for the Conor McGregor fight, and it's for the title. Ah, nah, 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 Dana. I can't fight Conor for the belt. He's not worthy. Oh, yeah, that'll be the day. I'll never hear any fighter say that. Get the hell out of here. So, yeah, is it ideal? No, in a perfect world. You'd probably want Dustin to fight Charles Oliveira or Justin Gaethje or Michael Chandler. But Dustin Poirier, much like Kamar Usman, Dustin Poirier has been in this game for a long time. He's been in the UFC for a long time. Be a lot of former champions. Any other division this guy was fighting in, he'd probably fight for about three or four times. Former interim champion. And he probably should be able to fight conor mcgregor next if that's what he wants and quite frankly if it's for the belt he deserves to fight for the belt more than anybody deserves to fight for the belt more than charles Oliveira, more than michael chandler more than justin gaethje more than any of them tony ferguson nate diaz whoever you want to throw up there uh he deserves to fight for the belt more than any of them if his opponent is a guy who's one time knocked him out before um i'm okay with it i'm okay with it 
If Dustin's getting his just doing it, I'm okay with it. Uh, the interesting thing is, though, y- you know, the interesting thing is if they're going to make it again and not make it for the championship, well, then what? <laughs> like, well, then when does Dustin get to fight? Then who is fighting for the championship? Because then it feels like, it feels like if Dustin Poirier's next fight isn't for the championship, you've gone from, and it's interesting because Nate Diaz made an interesting point about this where he was talking to Ariel Hawani and he said, uh, he said that the 155 division, in his words, was dead. He wants to stay at 170 pounds. He wants to fight Poirier, but he wants to fight him at 170. Now, it sounds to me like he's the guy who doesn't want to cut weight. That's just me. That's how I read it. Diaz, uh, Diaz brothers and the Diaz clan and the Diaz cult, they'll spit it in their own way. They're crazy. Um, but for Dustin, if Dustin doesn't get the shot, the guy who knocked out Connor, um, the guy whose only loss at lightweight, what, over the last few years has been to Habib and and a, and a, and a crazy out of this world knockout to Michael Johnson. Um, you're telling me, you're telling me that like, if, if he doesn't get the shot, you're telling me you're like, Oh yeah, yeah. I definitely know that Michael Chandler, who wasn't even in the UFC three seconds ago, or Charles Oliveira, who wasn't even at lightweight, like three years ago. Oh yeah. Those guys are definitely the best one fifty five ers on the planet. They weren't even in the picture. In the most vaunted, this this is this is a division that was run basically by three people: Connor, Tony, Habib. Kind of threw Dustin Poirier into the mix of it, and now all of a sudden, this best division of all time, this untouched division that doesn't have a king anymore because he retired and went off to Russia. Now all of a sudden, you're telling me this is being decided by a guy who was a featherweight three seconds ago and a guy who was in Bellator. That's just weird, man. Nah, the next fight, the Dustin's next fight has to be for the belt. It just has to. It just has to. So I hope they get that right. Gaethje, by the way, he did hit Charles Oliveira with uh, with a Donald Sterling, which I found really funny. And if you guys don't know what I'm referring to is Donald Sterling, former racist owner of the Clippers, he uh, found himself in a, in a giant beef at one point with Magic Johnson for some reason. I believe it was because... Uh, Magic Johnson, uh, his his uh, his honey bunny liked uh, liked Magic Johnson for whatever reason. He did not take kindly to this. But uh, Justin Gaethje put up, sick of hearing about Charles Oliveira deserves anything other than Tony. What the f is this dude done to get a title shot? And then he throws up his uh, his resume and his eight straight wins. And he throws up Clay Guida, Christos Higa, Higos, Jim Miller, David Timer, Nick Lentz, Jordan, Gord, uh, Jared Gord, Kevin Lee, who you know hasn't been uh, you know a world beater in a while. Um, and then Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson, he, he absolutely throttled. But in fairness, and this is kind of fall, I do think that there is something to if a great guy loses like that but it's the second time he's lost. You kind of got to go to the first guy who tipped the dominoes over. So for example, Tyron Woodley. Yeah. Gilbert Burns beat him, beat him bad. Um, Colby, Colby beat him bad. But the first guy to really topple over the, the Tyron Woodley wall was Kamaru. And same thing with Gagey. Gagey is the first guy to really topple over Tony Ferguson and really look him. Now there's circumstances around that too. I know, but, is what it is. He 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 beat the holy hell out of him in that fight. Um, now this isn't to say that Gaethje deserves the title shot. I I, I you know 
in a non-Khabib world, does he have an argument? Sure. But he did just have a shot at the title, and he lost soundly. He lost worse to Khabib than I think anybody's lost to Khabib. He got absolutely diced up by Khabib Nurmagomedov. So I'm not, like, crying for Justin Gaethje to get a title shot here, but I just thought it was funny. He's, he's throwing the old, what has he done? Big Charles Oliveira. What has he done? I won't say what the uh, the other line is from Donald Sterling. You guys can go look it up. It's a peach. Trust me. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's, uh, but he has, you know, he has put himself in this position now. You know, he's had a, a great three years at lightweight. He really has. Um, but I think Justin Gaethje makes a fair point. Justin Gaethje's gone out there and, you know, he walked into the UFC and was taken on the the, the tops of the division and, Oliver really hasn't been doing that up until the Tony Ferguson fight because Kevin Lee, Kevin Lee's a famous name, but Kevin Lee's also not been a very successful fighter since losing to Tony Ferguson for the interim championship. So there's that. Um, other news this week, Bellator announced that they're going to Showtime. If you guys are into that, I'm excited for you all. Romero versus uh, Rumble Johnson. I, uh, I said, I, I put out the call out. I said, you do Rumble Johnson versus Yoel Romero at the Hard Rock. Put value of the rate on the co-main event. You got yourself a sellout there. Whatever they're allowed to do there, it'll do very well business-wise. I don't know. They might just be sticking at the Mohegan Sun for television purposes, but should they uh, go into the fan zone that way, that's what I would like them to do. But I can't wait for that fight. That's going to be a really cool one. We've talked about Hamza Shemaev getting the Leon Edwards fight called off. Um, I did wonder at some point this week if that meant Masvidal was going to step in, but... Um, that obviously seems moot now. Hamzat is, uh, suffering the ill effects of COVID. So best of luck and recovery to him. Cause he looked like he was having a, a rocket tied to his back for a, a quick minute. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's that with that man. And Nate Diaz this week said some stuff to Ariel Hawani. He's mumbling through an interview and he said, uh, he wants to fight either Oliveira next or Dustin next, but he only wants to fight about 170 pounds. So. Do with that what you will. That's our show for this week, everybody. If you missed any of it, download the podcast. We'll talk to you next time. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.